Good morning, I'm Pastor Danny Deeth, and I want to invite you to this special summer worship celebration. Ready Vacation Bible School friends? One, two, three. Welcome to First Presbyterian Church. Yay! The first lesson comes from the Old Testament, the book of Deuteronomy, chapter six, verses four through nine page 163 in your pew Bibles. Hear, O Yisrael, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand, fix them as an emblem on your forehead, and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is taken from John's Gospel. We are in the 15th chapter, reading verses 4 through 17. Familiar imagery about Vines and branches, listen with fresh ears to the word of the Lord. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, Jesus says. You are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be complete in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant doesn't know what the master's doing, but I've called you friends because I've made known to you everything that I've heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last so that the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So Larry Walters, when he graduated from high school, wanted to join the Air Force. Tried to do that, but because of poor eyesight, was not able to fly. 
So Larry became a truck driver and would sit in his backyard in his lawn chair and wonder what it would be like to fly. Well, we've heard of some of these stories. This is this one account. So Larry decides to go to the Army-Navy surplus store, get a tank of helium and 45 weather balloons. Not the little party balloons, but the big four feet across fully inflated weather balloons, 45. Ties them to his lawn chair. His plan, he gets some snacks together. He carries a BB gun with him with sound physics principles at play. His plan is to fly. He figured he'd go up a couple hundred feet. When he gets too high and he's ready to come down, takes his BB gun, pop, and slowly descends, one popped balloon at a time. What could go wrong, friends? <laughs> so he's on, he's tied to the, Jeep, the bumper of his Jeep. He's ready to go. He lets it loose. And instead of a gentle climb, he shoots up into the air so high and quickly that he flies to about 11,000 feet above his home and neighborhood. So afraid is he now to pop one of the balloons because he's so high, he doesn't know if the fall rate will be too great if he loses one. He has already miscalculated at the rate of ascent from his equations and mathematical computations. And so he's afraid to do anything. So he sits and he flies. For 14 hours, Larry flies, afraid, no communication, until he enters the airspace at LAX in Los Angeles, the airport. He enters their airspace and a Pan Am pilot coming through says, uh, Tower, you're not going to believe this, that I just passed a man in his lawn chair with a BB gun at 11,000 feet. So all eyes are watching Larry. Larry's wondering what will become of him. It starts to become night, and the wind starts to blow him out to sea, at which time the authorities decide that they need to rescue him. So they send the helicopter to him, and don't you know it, every time they get close, because it's a bunch of balloons up there, the wind from the propellers push him away. So eventually they're able to get high enough, get the rope to him, and he is able to be rescued as soon as he comes down to the ground, immediately he's arrested. But by this time, the news media is there. They've been following the story. Reporter says, uh, wh wh why did you do what you were doing? And kind of looked at him and thought and said, well, a person can't just sit around. That's it. You can't just sit around. In a nutshell, that's our passage for today. As Christians, we are meant to do, not just 
sit around. This passage is one that if you attend regularly anywhere, we hit on a fairly regular basis. We're in John 15. It is Jesus's farewell discourse before he's getting ready to go to Jerusalem for the last time, crucifixion, resurrection, then ascension. So he uses a common imagery with his disciples, one of the vineyard and the agricultural pieces that are inherent in that that everybody would have known about in his audience. The vineyard has been an image used from Old Testament times, from Isaiah, from other places, to talk about the connectedness of God and humankind. And Jesus lays it out clearly to his disciples. I am the vine, you are the branches. Okay, well, what's the job of a branch? In this case, it's to bear fruit, to bear grapes in a, in a vineyard. So God is the farmer or the vine dresser. Jesus is that vine, and we are the shoots coming off of that vine that are called to do the one thing we are there to do, which is what? Produce fruit. Fruit is another way of saying loving one another in Christ's name. The whole passage ends with that assertion that you will love one another in my name. When we talk about bearing fruit, that's what it's talking about, but in a physical and tangible way. Love is a big umbrella. We get lost in it sometimes. There's so many different ways to love, to be in love, to act. And so Jesus, as the great teacher that he is, tells this story, this illustration, this image in a setting, in a way that they would understand from tangible ways that they live their life. So you have the vine and the branches. Christ is the vine, we are the branches. And apart from the vine... What can the branch do? Pfft, nothing. Nothing. Think about it. If a branch were to pop off of the vine, what is it missing? Yeah, the nutrients, everything that it needs to live, to thrive, survive, to produce fruit. Often we think we don't have to be attached and we can be Christians from a distance on our own. And one of the overarching themes of this is that it's not. If we are not connected to Christ, then we are not able to be healthy in faith or producing the fruit for which we were made. If you remember in Matthew's gospel, Matthew 21, 18 through 22, right after the triumphal entry, Jesus has come in on the donkey, the beginning of Holy Week, he then, in Matthew's gospel, goes out to Bethany, a little city, and then the next thing he does the next morning is to come in and curses the fig tree. Why did the poor little fig tree do to de deserve such? Well, he looked at it, and it wasn't producing fruit. The fig tree's job is to produce fruit. That's what a fig tree is created to do. And a fig tree that was created to bear fruit that isn't bearing fruit is not serving its purpose. So Jesus gets angry, curses it. Very similar understanding here with 
the branches and the vine, that we are called to bear fruit. And when we do not, we too are not doing what and who we were created to be. And that can be hard. But when you think about fruit, fruit is something that you see. Fruit is something observable. A vine doesn't just think about producing fruit. A vine produces fruit. How do you know a vine is healthy and the branches are healthy? Because there's fruit. Same thing is true for our Christian journey. So the first thing for us today is to take stock and ask yourself, what are the tangible fruits that can be seen in your life because of your faith and connectedness to Christ? And if the answer is nothing, then you are still welcome. You are in a safe place, and we can grow this together. And the second thing is, as a church, family, what are the fruits that we can point to as one of God's members of the body of Christ in this church? Are we bearing fruit or are we bearing enough fruit that people outside can see that is tangible? It's the story of a man, a farmer who uh, has an orchard, gives tours. And he's with a group and he's telling them how he takes care of this and how you prune that and this is the water and the sun and this is how you plant them and all this. And not once did he tell them what kind of orchard they were in. Why? Because they could see it. All around them hanging were apples. It was an apple orchard. He didn't have to say, this is an apple orchard because they could see it. And in the same way, no one should look at us and say, I wonder what they believe or who they are. They should observe the fruits of our connectedness through Christ, our vine. Because apart from Christ, we can do nothing. Now, that doesn't mean we won't have a good life. It doesn't mean life will be miserable, but it will mean that we are missing the pieces that we were created for. Those bits of ministry, the gifts that you were given to be a part of this community and that community, Christian community in the world, to reconcile the world through Christ. Those pieces are missing, and you're missing when we think we can be that branch that is separated from the vine. Now, we also can experience... something we all have dealt with in the garden, the dreaded, the unwanted sucker shoots or sucker roots. Those are the ones that grow into the plant and act as almost as parasites. They take the nutrients from the rest of the vine and the rest of the healthy branches for itself to grow or just take it and die. No purpose served except to rob the larger group. At times we can be those sucker shoots. Every organization deals with people and sometimes 
we are in healthy places and sometimes we are not. But sometimes we encounter folks that are, have no real love for the place or the people and are coming to just complain and tear down. Now, constructive criticism, welcome, needed for us to grow. But for those who really just want to tear down and complain, those are the sucker shoots. We love them. We welcome them. We're with them. We'll help them work through. But I lift this up so we make sure we're not those sucker shoots. Example, kudzu. Mm-hmm. Kudzu. In the 1800s, someone had the bright idea of importing from East Asia a plant that would help erosion and feed cattle. How'd that turn out? Not so well. 31 states taking over. It often robs the trees and plants and area that it is connected to of the nutrients that it needs. It is a parasite. And y'all know from traveling on the highway, especially in the Southeast, it's just forests and forests overcome with it. 31 states and heading north at last count. We need to avoid this in our Christian journey, both being sucker shoots, but also allowing others to steal from us the nutrients that we need from Christ. So it comes down to being an authentic, seeking Christian as we are fed from Christ, our vine. So let me ask you this. Is it better to eat fruit? Do you prefer original fruit or fruit-flavored things. Let's think for just a minute. Fruit-flavored things, what are they? What things do we synthetically, thank you, do we synthetically make to taste like fruit? Candy of all kinds, right? Soft drinks, absolutely. All kinds of fruit in soft drinks. You can get the squirt of this, you can get the squirt of that. What other things do we add to artificial synthesized fruit flavor? Oh, yogurt, I heard yogurt, yep. Jello? Jello, absolutely. What is jello? What? Popsicles, right on. Medicine? Mm-hmm, loves that cherry grape flavor, mm-hmm. Uh, car air fresheners, I had an orange one once. Anything else? Icy slushies, cherry icy, used to ride my bike to 7-Eleven when I was a kid in Houston. Getting up cherry icy, mm-hmm. All those candies, all those that we remember, Skittles, love the Skittles. Nerds, those ones that crack your teeth with the big banana-flavored banana thing that has nothing to do with a banana. All that fun, all of that tasty. I even recall making blueberry muffins from the box. 
you get that little tin of little teeny blueberries. I don't know how they make them that small. But even before you open that, if you dump the powder into the bowl, it smells like blueberries already, which tells you that's where the blueberry flavoring is. So artificial flavors are all over, especially when it comes to fruit. So what's the downside? What's the downside to these artificial flavors? They'll give you cancer. Thank you, John. <laughs> they are terrible for you. Yes, we know this. I even read an article that talked about artificial flavors, which it has to list, but it does not list what comprises artificial flavors. The article I was reading was saying that there are seven categories of carcinogens that are included in artificial flavors that aren't listed by the FDA. And this particular article was a part of a watchdog group that was petitioning the FDA to try to get companies to list those things that are in what we just, they just lumped together as artificial flavor. Because it doesn't sound so bad, artificial, okay, but what really is that? We don't know. Seven categories of carcinogens. I'm not telling you not to eat fun fruit flavored things, but we know that it's not good for us. The point is that we need to ask ourselves if we are Christian or Christian flavored. It's fun to eat artificially flavored fruit things because often it is. It's candy, it's ice cream, it's the things that we love. You can't do it every day. Can take you back to your childhood, growing up, the candy you ate then, and take you back to certain places. But at some point, it becomes detrimental to your health, your well-being, and you cannot survive on it. Similarly, if we are just Christian-flavored, there is some attraction to that. That's a lighter, more surface and shallow way to be involved, and it's a starting point. Please don't hear that that's, I'm judging you negatively. If you consider yourself there, that is a place to begin. And if you're nowhere, you're still in the right place. We're glad you're here. Stick with us. But to be authentically Christian is the call, not to be Christian flavored. We don't bear much fruit being Christian flavored. And again, at some point, it becomes detrimental to us because we're not being fed from the vine. We're not bearing the fruit that we are called to do. So the call in check today is for you in your life and as a congregation to check and see if we are bearing fruit. And are we Christian or are we Christian-flavored? The call is to see that this God that loves us through Christ and the Holy Spirit wants and needs, well, wants that connectedness. Wants us connected so much that apart from God, we can't do a thing when it comes to faith, to producing fruit, and sharing that fruit with others. So in just a minute or two, I'm going to call our new class of elders and deacons to come forward. They are accepting a new step 
in their faith journey. They will bear fruit that will be observable in their acceptance of this call. They're being set aside for specific duty, whether that's in the diaconate, the elders, or trustees. And we can learn from them as they have stood up after being called and said, I'll do it. I don't have it all figured out. I may not be the person we think I have to be that everybody's going to look up to in faith. It's not what this is about. This is about serving. And you can help them in the different ways that they will lead this congregation so that we can all produce the healthy fruit together that Christ is calling these disciples to.